Aaron Judge is expected to be named the American League MVP. Let's look at his performance and figure out what we can pull from that when it comes to evaluating prospects and see if we can identify somebody who could potentially be the next Aaron Judge. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And if you, unless you were living under a rock, obviously you saw what Aaron Judge did this season. I mean, ESPN cut into college football games to show you him trying to hit uh, the, the Yankees record home run. But I think we need to put in the proper context exactly what Aaron Judge did. So um, I mean, 2013 first rounder out of Fresno State, and it's funny, he was never the number one prospect for the Yankees. Aaron Judge got as high as number two in 2015 behind right-hand pitcher Luis Severino. So might want to, you know, prove that we don't always hit on all of these evaluations exactly. But 157 games this year for the Yankees. 311, 425, 686. 62 home runs, which led all of baseball, set a new record in the American League. 90 extra base hits. 111 walks to 175 strikeouts. He was 16 to 19 on stolen bases. Ended up with 10.6 war. So one of the higher seasons we've seen in a while. And it's something we always knew Aaron Judge had the potential to do something like this, right? Uh, Coming out of college, coming out of Fresno State, the conversation was incredibly tall. He's the biggest and tallest player He's just the biggest and tallest player in baseball history. I mean, 6'7", 280. There's been guys who have been taller. There have been a couple guys who have been heavier, but nobody's had that combination of size, you know, of height, size, that kind of stuff. And having all of that has taken a physical toll. He's missed quite a bit of time over the course of his career, whether it was a torn quad that delayed his minor league debut after being drafted. He had a chip fracture in his wrist. He's had oblique injuries, shoulder injuries, calf injuries. Uh, you just a, a litany of things have bothered Aaron Judge, but when he's been healthy and gone through full seasons, he's been able to put it together in quite an impressive way. So 2017 is his debut year. He ends up being an all-star that year. He's rookie of the year. He's runner-up for MVP. In that season, 155 games, 284, 422, 627, 52 home runs, 79 extra base hits, 127 walks to 208 strikeouts. So he led baseball in walks, led baseball in strikeouts, led baseball in home runs, led baseball in runs scored with 128. When Aaron Judge has been healthy, these are the type of things that he has done. Uh, Ended up coming in second place to Jose Altuve for the MVP after winning Rookie of the Year and everything. But I think context for Aaron Judge's performance is really important here. So Judge has 62 home runs. Kyle Schwarber had 46 for the Philadelphia Phillies. He was tops in the National League. And the difference between those two, the 16 home run difference, is the largest difference between number one and number two in a home run chase 
since 1932. There were 17 home runs separate between Jimmy Fox and Babe Ruth. And so not only having an amazing performance, but doing it in the context of lapping the field in production is, I think, what's significant there. And when you look at it from a historical context, what Aaron Judge did was phenomenal as well, right? So uh, Aaron Judge had, this is the ninth time in baseball history that somebody has hit 60 home runs in a season. He is the sixth player to do it. Sammy Sosa did it three times. Mark McGuire did it twice. Barry Bonds did it. Roger Maris did it. And Babe Ruth did it. Did it. He's the fifth player since 1947 to both qualify for a batting title and have an adjusted OPS of 210 or higher in a full season. Again, Barry Bonds did that. He did it four times. Mickey Mantle did that. Mark McGuire and Ted Williams. There's, there has been seven total seasons with just three players that exceeded 10.6 war. Uh, and that was Barry Bonds did it three times. Mickey Mantle did it three times. Stan Musial did it once. And so in the historical context, it's amazing what Aaron Judge did. In the individual season context, it's amazing how, how much he outpaced all of the rest of baseball. And the question now becomes, Aaron Judge is going to free agency. He's going to free agency at, um, at age 30. And what is he going to get? Where is he going to go? Reportedly before the season, he turned down a seven-year, $213.5 million extension offer from the Yankees. He's probably going to get more than that on the open market. Uh, I mean, obviously, he turned, that, he turned that down and then put out an MVP year. The question's going to be, uh, what is the, the annual average value of an Aaron Judge deal? And how long is it going to be? Because as I said, he's had a litany of injuries, and he's only had what could be considered three full seasons, where he, hit, he played in at least 120 of his team's 162 games. And that was 2017, 2021, and 2022. He broke 100 games in 18 and 19. Uh, 118 or 112 and 102 respectively, and he got about 28 game, games in in the short in 2020. And so, going to be a fantastic question. Going to be really interesting to see what happens. He can play right. He can play center. Uh, obviously, just not anybody can DH. But Aaron Judge single-handedly carried the Yankees to the playoffs, and is going to get paid by somebody. The question is, what is he going to get paid by, and who is it going to be? So I guess when we're looking at the next Aaron Judge, we can look at it from two perspectives. One perspective, going to be kind of easy, we'll do it in the third segment, is what current big leaguers have great power performance and could be capable of taking that next leap in performance to take them into a stratosphere somewhere like Aaron Judge. Uh, the second place is which prospects have the raw tools to one day hit for power like Aaron Judge and, and impact every single facet of the game. Really interesting conversation. I think it's going to be fun. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Simply Safe. If you've thought about getting a home security system, but you've been putting it off, like, you need to pay attention because I want to make sure that you know about the number one rated 
Simply Safe Home Security System and the 50% off special that's going on right now. It is the biggest offer of the year. You don't want to miss it. Uh, I am traveling right now, so I am not at home. I am not with my family. But despite that, uh, I have full confidence because I have a Simply Safe system in my home. I have chosen, you build your own system. So you get a base station, you get a keypad. And then from there, you mix and match and add whatever it is you think you need, whatever combination of door sensors and window sensors, smart locks, interior and exterior cameras, doorbell cameras, smoke detectors, whatever it may be. And so I can pull up cameras and check on my house while I'm not at home. I can check in with my family. If I need to send somebody over to my house or it's a family member, like I've given my in-laws a key fob so they can disarm the alarm when they get to my house. If something goes wrong while I'm traveling, Simply Safe's going to call me. And their fast protect technology means that they will have visual verification of what's going on and what triggered the alarm in the house before they call me. And so not only will I see on my phone using the Simply Safe app that my alarm has gone off, but when I get that phone call from Simply Safe, they're going to be able to tell me exactly what happened because they looked and they saw it on my cameras and they can determine whether or not police response is required, fire response is required, or some other sort of response is required. Uh, it gives me the peace of mind to know that whenever I travel, whether my family is at home and I'm by myself or we're all together, that my home, my belongings, is like they are protected. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off a new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. This is the biggest discount of the year. So again, do not wait. Simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, so if we're looking at some of the prospects that have the power potential to do what Aaron Judge has had. There's a couple things that I'm looking for, right? I'm looking at guys that swing at pitches that they can hit and hit those pitches hard, preferably in the air. And you get a pretty interesting list. Some of these guys are pretty known. Some of these guys are not. I'm not automatically looking for guys who are six foot seven, 250 plus pounds. I don't think you're going to physically recreate Aaron Judge. Uh, that seems a little unreasonable. Now, that being said, the Yankees have quite a few outfielders in their systems that are 6'5 or bigger because it feels like that they've learned how to coach and how to develop uh, an overly tall hitter with those long levers, right? But, but when we're looking at prospects with the power potential, I do want to look at, starting off first, shortstop O'Neill Cruz, guy we've talked about a ton, a ton on this show, massive home run potential, has some of the best exit velos in all of baseball. And so he checks off part one of the box. Now, you'll remember when I was going over kind of some of what Aaron Judge did, uh, Aaron Judge struck out 208 times his rookie year uh, in 155 games. He improved that to 175 strikeouts in 2022 and actually, he got it even a little bit better with 158 strikeouts in 2021. Uh, you can't talk about O'Neill Cruz without discussing the strikeouts. Uh, that is a problem that O'Neill Cruz has as well. 87 games in the big leagues this year, struck out 126 times. Uh, the issues with O'Neill Cruz as compared to Aaron Judge 
is the on-base percentage. Aaron Judge, I mean, even in his even in his 2017 year, he had a 422 on base. He was getting on base plenty this year on base of 425. Um, and it's it's something where O'Neill Cruz has not quite taken that leap. So he's got the raw power that Aaron Judge has. He has the strikeouts that Aaron Judge had, but he hasn't yet developed the on-base percentage and the ability to take walks. And part of it is, if you watch O'Neill Cruz, it's his approach at the plate. O'Neill Cruz is incredibly aggressive and has the belief, which you would love the confidence, has the belief that he can hit any single pitch that is thrown. And so as he spends a little more time in the big leagues, he's going to mature as far as his approach at the plate and understand what he can and what he can't drive and what he can and what he can't make contact with. And we see this a lot sometimes with prospects who have very good hit tools is they'll take weak contact over no contact. And so what O'Neill Cruz has to do is with not having a great contact tool is O'Neill Cruz needs to work on pitch recognition and discernment and understand what he can make contact with and then can he drive that ball or does he need to wait for a better pitch to drive so really interesting option there uh, somebody who has the power potential that you're looking for uh, but needs to work on the contact ability because as we talked about on the show a ton your power tool is only as good as your hit tool uh, another guy with immense power but i think maybe a little bit better of a hit tool is shortstop Ellie De La Cruz of the Cincinnati Reds. 6'5", 195, so he fits the mold of the taller, uh, physically larger player, although he is, he is a, well, on the skinny side, just under 200 pounds. But double-A uh, Chattanooga, he spent, he spent the last third of his season, he, so 47 games in double-A Chattanooga this year, 305, 357, 553. So high batting average higher on-base percentage, and then the slugging was there. Hit eight home runs in 47 games, and that's after he hit 20 home runs in 73 games in high A Dayton. And so when you watch Ellie De La Cruz, absolutely has the power potential. I've uh, Ellie De La Cruz is one of those guys that he doesn't have the most power in that system, but he's, I mean, he's pretty good up there. I'd give him plus to 65-grade power. And that just goes along with incredible speed and a fantastic arm. And so he's definitely somebody who can have the game-breaking ability that Aaron Judge can have as far as ability to get into a ball. The, pow- the raw power is plus plus. The game power is 60 to 65. And I think the world of L.A. I think he has one of the highest ceilings of anybody in the minor leagues. Now. Um, obviously the fact that his batting average in the minors so far, I mean, for his career over 200 plus games, it's at 298. His career minor league slash line is 298, 351, 535. So he did even better than that in, in double A Chattanooga and in high A Dayton in 2022. And so, yes, probably a couple years away, he's just now 20 years old, but Ellie De La Cruz has a combination of power and contact ability where with a little bit more refinement um, and 
a favorable batting average on balls in play, he could have a season that would come closer to what Aaron Judge has done. I don't think anybody's going to hit 62 home runs in a season without juiced balls. But even if you back down what Aaron Judge did by 20%, you're looking at uh, a 291 average with 49 home runs, 106 runs, and 105 RBIs. That kind of feels like that is doable um, for an Ellie De La Cruz if everything hits perfectly during his time in the bigs. I mean, he has those kind of raw tools. I uh, do want to mention some of those Yankees outfielders. Spencer Jones is the one that everybody brings up. Uh, the first round pick out of Vanderbilt in 2022, 6'7, 225. So obviously, it's very easy to look at him and say, oh, yes, he's super tall. He's an outfielder. He's obviously the next. Um, he's obviously the next Aaron Judge. To me, I actually I think the guy in the system that might have the better option to do it because, uh, yes, Spencer Jones does have plus raw power, and I think he's going to end up with have with plus game power. But I think his his offense, his contact ability is probably below average to average, and so I don't know how much he's going to grow to get there. But you look at a guy like an Anthony Garcia. 65204 international free agent in 2018 and d- double plus raw power from both sides of the plate uh, average exit velo sits in the mid 90s he can absolutely crush them over the last couple of years he's been improving the quality of his at bats he took a step back in 2022 in low a uh, with the Tampa Tarpons so he got 16 games there to close 2021 after rookie ball at age 20, and he batted 291, 426, 655. Hit six home runs in 16 games, 25 strikeouts to 13 walks. So the walks were a little bit higher. Uh, struck out more than once a game. You're going to see that with these extreme power hitters, especially these tall guys like this. But um, high batting average, very high on base, very high slugging. Took a step back in 2022 over 95 games. 195, 372, 369. Um, hit, hit 14 home runs, 23 extra base hits. As I understand, he was uh, dealing with some injury concerns uh, that hampered him at the plate. Part of the reason why you ha- he had 156 strikeouts, albeit 83 walks in there. So like some of those tools from an Anthony Garcia um, if you're talking about Yankees outfielders who could try to one day replicate Aaron Judge's production in the aggregate or get 70% of the way there, I think Anthony Garcia is probably, you know, a, a, between him and Spencer Jones, one of those guys might do it. Mauro Bonifacio is 6'7", 226, and he's got the stuff as well, but I just don't quite think it's going to work out there. And then looking just kind of across the minors real quick, Jordan Walker with the Cardinals is a guy that absolutely feels to me like uh, has the potential, especially with the lineup he'll be hitting in next year in St. Louis, has the potential, has the raw power, has the protection in the lineup to get pitches to hit and be able to hit for a ton of power at the big league level. So excited about the potential there. Um, Outfielder Matt Walner, somebody that I've identified as a ton of raw power and a good enough contact ability to put it into games. Outfielder uh, Joey Weimer is another guy, uh, third baseman Orelvis Martinez, somebody that we see tons of power, as well as guy I've talked about plenty on this show, Dodgers outfielder Andy Pages. Uh, we've seen what he's done 
whether it's fall, whether it's in season, I think once everything clicks for Andy Pages, he could be, uh, he has a chance to have Aaron Judge like production at the big league level. In just a minute, I want to go over some of the current MLB players who have the potential to have massive seasons like an Aaron Judge uh, and contend for MVPs right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So uh, looking at the MLB level and looking at guys that can just absolutely crush a ball at the MLB level and have the potential to elevate their performance, have a, have a season where everything hits right, kind of like what happened for Aaron Judge in 2022 and contend for MVPs. Uh, some of these, a lot of these names you're going to know. The first one is hard to justify based off of 2022 statistical performance. He's by far, not by far, but he is significantly less experienced than anybody else on this list. And it's Royals first baseman, Vinny Pascantino. We've talked about Vinny Pascantino quite a few times. He actually came up in our, uh, on Monday, a proposed Hodge Bradley for Vinny Pascantino trade between the Royals and the Rays. But 72 games at the big league level uh, in, in 2022, 295, 383, 450. Uh, 10 home runs, 20 extra base hits, 35 walks to 34 strikeouts. So the thing with Vinny Pascantino is he has the raw power to hit for a ton of home runs, right? But he has plus contact ability. And so he feels like one of those few rare hitters in MLB that you can't rely on getting around this power hitter uh, through a chase, like making him chase, throwing himself out of the zone and getting him to go out after it and strike out. You have to throw him strikes. And for the most part, unless you can blow a fastball by him, you know, up and in or something, he's going to put a ball in play. And I think with a little more refinement, uh, the advantage of losing the shift and some good breaks with batting average on balls in play, Vinny Pascantino has the raw tools to one day contend uh, for an MVP. And if honestly, if I'm the Royals and I'm not making that Taj Bradley trade, I'm looking to go ahead and probably by middle of next season, I'm locking up Vinny Pascantino long-term. I'm giving him the Wander Franco deal. I'm giving him the Michael Harris deal. I'm doing something like that to give him a long-term contract to be my first baseman for the indefinite future because Vinny Pascantino has all of the tools combined with the very, very good contact ability to be a power hitter with a high batting average, which is not something you see a ton. One of the comparisons... I don't like to do comps. One of the comparisons I've seen people put out who are high on Vinny Pascantino has been Freddie Freeman. Don't, not quite sure I'm buying that exact comparison, but that's the type of game that we're talking about as far as developed at the plate as well as great power ability. A um, couple other guys here, guys you're all going to have heard of, especially if you watch the playoffs, Jordan Alvarez of... The Astros, 6'5", 225, famously with 2016 IFA by the Dodgers and was a minor league trade in 2017 to the Astros. But 135 games this year, 306, 406, 613, 37 home runs, 97 RBIs, 78 walks to 106 strikeouts. 
one of the big things for Jordan Alvarez has been health. 2019, he got 87 games, one rookie of the year, was called up partially in the season, so I get it. Played a total of two games in 2020. Played 144 in 2021. That's his high watermark. Played 135 in 2022. His 162 game average, 296, 384, 590 over his professional career. So this year was better than his hit like than his average for his career. And it feels like he's just continuing to get better. Um, the slugging percentage has always been, for the most part, outside of last year, has always kind of been in the 600s. Um, was an all-star this year for the first time and is probably going to get a couple down-ballot MVP votes, not obviously going to win it because you've got both Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani in front of him. But Jordan Alvarez, definitely a dude that can impact a game in a significant manner. Over in the National League, Kyle Schwarber of the Phillies was the National League home run leader, 2014 first-rounder out of Indiana by the Cubs. And this year, 155 games, 218, 323, 504. 46 home runs, 94 RBIs, 86 walks to 200 strikeouts. The issue you have with Kyle Schwarber is the contact abilities on a different level as a guy like a Jordan Alvarez. And so, I mean, you saw the batting average was under 220. He had an MLB leading 200 strikeouts. And so it's something where he's going to have to do a little bit of work at the plate as far as pitch recognition and discernment and fixing some of the holes in his swing. And at age 29, I don't know how realistic it is that that happens. So Kyle Schwarber has the raw tools to do it. Uh, as far as power, not necessarily sure he has the, the elite contact ability to make it happen. Somebody who, do, who, does, who is underrated on contact ability, and as we know from his home run derby performances, plural, and home run derby uh, championships, plural, uh, can crush some home runs is Pete Alonso of the Mets. Uh, 2016 second rounder out of the University of Florida, 160 games this year, 271, 352, 518. Didn't have the gaudy slugging percentage like Jordan Alvarez did, but 40 home runs, his 131 RBIs, I believe either led the National League or all of baseball. And of course, the last guy on this list, guy we can't, we, we can't just not talk about him, Ronald Acuna Jr. I know that uh, statistically he didn't have the 2022 we expected. He came back a little bit after the start of the year because of the torn ACL that he suffered in 2021. Didn't look like the same player all year. Go back at his 2019 to, to kind of see what Ronald Acuna Jr. could do. 2019 got 156 games in, batted 280, 365, 518, 41 home runs, uh, stole 37 of 46 bases, 76 walks to 188 strikeouts. So that's the type of performance a healthy Ronald Acuna can do and be dynamic not only um, at the plate, but on the base pass. I don't know if he'll ever hit into the 60s like Aaron Judge, but I could see a fully healthy Ronald Acuna hitting in the 40, you know, challenging for a 40-40 season, as well as playing stellar defense in right field 
absolutely feels like that's a scenario where he's going to be better than fifth in the MVP race. Ronald Acuna's average season, his 162-game average over his five years he's been in the bigs, 277, 370, 517, with 38 home runs, 93 RBIs, and 34 of 44 on stolen bases with 183 strikeouts to 82 walks. That's a good season. That is MVP caliber. You get a little bit of help with batting average on balls in play. You get some favorable pitching matchups, and you get a couple, heater, couple hot streaks, a little bit of a heater, uh, and you're looking at an MVP. Fantastic week this week. Reminder, if you have questions for the mailbag, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball, shows on Twitter at Locked on Farm, or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Uh, we've got our Arizona Fall League recap tomorrow. We're talking about the, uh, the, the Fall Stars, who was named as an All-Star in the fall, fall League, how they did in Sunday's game, as well as a preview of the very end of the Arizona Fall League season. Until then, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects.